Alright, um, Secret Project Podcast, Kevin Sandoval, and this is the last episode, I made it 10 weeks, uh, doing, like, committed to something to 10 weeks, that's really weird to me, um, and if you listen to all the episodes, which I don't think you have, but that's fine, I feel like people have jumped around and mostly listened to the first episodes, but this has been fun, um, really interesting conversations with people, uh, kind of weird putting myself out there, like, on social media and everything, uh, I hate my voice, I'm bad at talking, probably most apparent in this episode, but that's fine, uh, it's still really cool, um, so I got Rachel Berger, the chair of graphic design at CCA, yeah, we got kicked out of our, <laughs> the room we were in, uh, the first time, and, um, which is fine, because, like, the, the, the sound, uh, was weird and didn't really pick up everything for some reason, uh, when I recorded it, but the second half of the conversation is what I liked most anyway, uh, where we talk about, uh, inequality in design and, like, in design at CCA, uh, my problems with today's culture, um, and my difficulties, and also, like, well, yeah, my difficulties with, um, figuring out what I want to do and how, um, you know, design isn't everything in the whole world if you're a designer, which sometimes it can feel like, uh, but yeah, this is awesome as far as, I guess, I guess I'll just talk more about the podcast at the very end. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. Did you get what you wanted? Mark had us write three things. Um, I think one was after... It was about what we were doing so far, and I think that one was about the podcast, the process of it. One of them was after the um, the Backlot Blitz, and then this one was just basically me talking about my experience, like, with design and my uh, problems with design. Um... I don't love design. It's just like I feel I, I I don't I never I mean I guess I kinda this is gonna be such a shift from like what we were talking about. That's fine. Okay. Um so what I've kinda had a lot of trouble with was that um you know, I kinda doubted being a designer like a million times being here, which I know that's not unique to me. Um but I kinda realized that design isn't it's more of a means for me than, you know, just the end-all be-all as far as, like, I, I don't look at design magazines, I don't look at design websites, I don't go to, like, AIGA meetings or anything like that, um, because it's not, I don't, it's not what I love, it's just something that I can do, like, I can draw, but it's, like, I've known since I was a kid that I didn't want to be an artist, like, anytime would tell, anyone would tell me that, i I'd be like, no, that's not what I want to do. And they're like, well, you're good at it. It's like, you don't have to do what you're good at. Uh, and I kind of, I kind went, I went through that after coming to CCA, which is kind of terrible. It's a really bad time to figure that out because in the middle of you doing some, 
like doing your work and then being like am I gonna be doing this forever which um, I don't know just through meeting new people um, who are also you know doubting themselves and I think that that's really important to kind of figuring out that you know you're not the only one who feels this way and um, luckily I've had teachers who have been like it's clear that you don't care about like, just all these things that have to do with design but you don't have to do these things you can be a designer and do other things and that's where the podcast comes in it's like I listen to music all the time I listen to comedy I listen to podcasts and I know I want to do something that has to do with them um, and I don't have to be you know I don't have to work for um, what's his name he cut himself New York. Oh, uh, Stagmeister? Yeah, I don't have to I don't have to be him. Like I don't care about that. Like I don't care about working for these crazy uh-huh. firms or anything or I just wanna do things that make me laugh and I have fun doing while also, you know, making the graphics for them myself because I can. That's mm-hmm. just there's a perk. I don't have to hire someone to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I still don't know what I'm gonna do. But that's alright, I guess. I'll figure it out. Um, and that's another thing that I think is a huge problem uh, with CCA, at least how they handle their graphics program. It's like, they'll be, they can tell you, if you do this, you make a portfolio like this, your website has six to eight pieces, like it's all, it's all figured out for you, all the, the template. And I think that makes sense in terms of, you know, getting people to come here and convincing parents and telling but that's that's just that's one option um and i think giving students more more room like how mendy's experimentation thing is just like it's us all dabbling in dabbling that's the word in art you know not all of us are painters like felix or something but you know all of us are like Felix in that we like things outside of design and that um, that influences what we do which is something that I I was kind of freaked out about for a while it's like I cared about all these things that no one else cares about like why do I why do I waste my time with this and it's like I don't I realize that I'm like the things that I like the way that they look is because it I make a connection to these other things that I like. Um, yeah, like how does that's what I kind of want to ask you about. Like, what, how does your other passions kind of seep their way into your work? What do you like that isn't design? Uh, so it's funny to me that it sounds like you think you're at a disadvantage because you're interested in things besides design. That's because uh, I think the, I mean you have to have something besides I worry about people who I don't know eat, sleep, breathe design and have nothing to push up against it or nothing like design is a means you know for telling stories for understanding the world for convincing other people of what you think about the world but it's not a point of view in and of itself right that's what I was that's what I was trying to say it's like what I wrote the last thing on Medium was I said that design by nature is supplementary. It doesn't exist in its own vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of, I think what's really scary is that we're kind of fed that 
you know, you're going to be working for these companies and you're going to have these other people who you're going to be designing for and they want whatever to work for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what scares people. It's like, I, when, when, even now, I hate it when people ask me, like, oh, you should draw me, you should draw me something. And it's, it just, it's kind of insulting in a way where it's like, you think I do this for, you think I have to do this for you, that I have to use my skills to kind of be a slave to someone else and that's not necessarily the case but isn't that what work is no it doesn't have to be that's what I'm saying like it's that you can make things happen on your own and that's what I'm saying with Mark and that's what I'm saying with John and that's what I'm saying with everyone who we're bringing in and they kind of took this one common theme with all of them was like they were doing that. They were working with someone else, which there's nothing wrong with if that's what you want to do. But at one point, they were just like, I don't want... I want to, I want to do something for me. I want to do something that I'm interested in that also benefits other people. It's not like other people aren't, um, aren't affected by the work because, I mean, everything that's worthwhile is kind of... It touches someone else in some way, mm-hmm. I think. Um, even if that's not why you're doing it right yeah I mean I think so historically graphic design was a was a service where like for example um, I interned on Michael Beirut's team at Pentagram in New York right and Michael Beirut is like super famous one of the most influential graphic designers in America right Um, so uh, and luckily he's also a really nice person Awesome. Which I've learned you can't assume. Just because someone is really good at what they do doesn't mean they're nice. <laughs> Luckily, he's nice. Yeah. Um, and Michael, I think, is someone who takes great pride in trying to help his clients with their problems. Yeah. But he's not someone who goes around looking for problems that he can notice and solve himself. Right. He's not his own client, right? He, he works on behalf of others. Okay. Um, and I think that's a really noble and sort of traditional um, approach to graphic design. I think um, what I'm seeing more and more, especially in the Bay Area, is this sense that designers can be people who identify problems and then go solve them, not people who wait for someone to come and bring their problem to them. And I think that's sort of what you're talking about. Like, you can be the initiator of yeah, the work. Yeah, like you take an initiative as a designer instead of, you know, someone... Yeah, it's like someone bringing the problem to you. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Um, and that problem can even be within yourself. I think, mm-hmm. like, I found that the reason why I like all these things outside of design is because they're very therapeutic. They make me feel better about myself. And they, you know, the world's a pretty, especially right now, like, it's not the prettiest place. And, the, and dealing with that, I think comedy for me has been pretty critical. Uh, podcasts in general, which you know, I've I've gone through some really bad times, and just listening to a podcast and listening to someone be like laugh their way through like them going through the same thing as me makes me feel so much better. And also, I just I learned a bunch of random shit that mm-hmm. you know seems really useless until it's not. Some, at some point, something that I know offhand is going to come up, and I think that's that's valuable, especially 
if you can apply it to your work. Totally. I, I feel similarly. I mean, I um, I read a lot of fiction yeah. um, and nonfiction, like The New Yorker, um, and all the time I think it helps me make new connections between things going on in the world and things that I'm experiencing. Yeah. I also like to write um, about design and also just about sort of various California phenomena because I'm really intrigued by what's going on in California right yeah. now. Um, in college, I did not study graphic design. I studied American studies, which is like a major where you learn about sort of modern American culture and try to think about how the culture came to be what it is. Um, so we looked at graphic design all the time, but sort of through an academic lens where we were analyzing advertising and music and movies to try to figure out what stories were sort of underneath those stories. Um, but that's how I came to graphic design, sort of through this interesting culture, and probably through a more critical frame than a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, which I continue to have. Yeah, that's... I think that's what's really interesting is how everyone kind of has their own problems with design and how it should be implemented. Like, I... Like, kind of how I started talking uh, the part that I cut out by now, where, especially in college campuses, there's this huge culture of just trying to pretend that certain issues don't exist because it might hurt someone's feelings or it might um, bring back memories and it, it it's, it's always assuming off of like this off chance and I think that that's kind of that's counterintuitive especially in a school setting where you're supposed to be challenged and we're supposed to look at these things that aren't so pretty and make sense of them mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I am extremely critical of and I really deal with every day. I mean, right now I'm doing a, a, a project uh, in Mark Fox's identity class where we're supposed to pick a social issue and make a restaurant out of it, which sounded like the, the most ridiculous idea. I broke my glasses, so they come off really easily. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't like all these, the, I think there's so much of this, like, everything has to be a social issue kind of thing. It kind of does, but it just kind of has become really um, saturated for me to the point where it's like, I don't know what, where, like, I already know where you're going to come from once I read a headline. Like, you're not going to add something new to the mm -hmm. conversation, because um, that's what's that's what's selling the clicks right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so my restaurant is like, it's a place where it's just so, it's so static in its ideologies where it's like, it, if, if you really want to put these like baby corners on like the entire world, um, then this is how it's going to be, where it's mm -hmm. like everything, um, did you read about that, that restaurant, the vegetarian restaurant in Iran, mm -hmm. that did they sell um, a steak? But it's 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 a it's a piece of toast with not parsley on it, oh. and that made me so mad when I read it. Like, uh, 
Um, so I wanted to do that. Like, that's the kind of restaurant mm-hmm. I wanted to make. The, just the dumb, like, have you ever heard of water bars? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a water bar. Right. Like, and also... Um, or like oxygen bars. It's the same yeah, the, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, it's so like it's almost, kinda, do you know about Alma's thesis project? Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's taking, what, tap water from every, from different cities and <laughs> selling that to people. Like, I think that's something that people would buy and she's doing a really good job at critiquing that kind of really uh, weird way that we um, we use our privilege which is a word I love sarcasm I don't love that word <laughs> um, but is there have you noticed that within the school like this this kind of thing that I like the privilege thing it's like where everyone's just going like because you have a certain advantage over maybe me, sometimes it's not even it's not even that they have an advantage over them, it's that they have an advantage over someone else, that you don't have this seat on, on this table where we can talk about this freely. Um, I think that there is a lot of sensitivity at the college around privilege, at least among certain folks. I think an issue uh, that I saw, um, you know, when I took on this role was that there were some imbalances between the makeup of the faculty and the makeup of the students. Um, For example, Three quarters of our classes were taught by men, okay. and three quarters of our students are women. More than half of our classes were taught by white men. More than half of our students are Asian American. So I don't think that the two groups should be mirror images of each other. I think that's unrealistic, and I don't think that's reflective of professional practice today. But I think they should be a little more familiar with each other. Um, they should resemble each other more than they did. And so you can talk about privilege, um, and I'm not trying to say that it's all about superficial qualities around race and gender, um, but if the majority of our students aren't seeing teachers who they can easily imagine themselves becoming, it's problematic. I don't know if I agree with that. That's okay. Um, I think I think there's nothing wrong with having a diverse. I mean, clearly, I'm not a sociopath. I think there's nothing wrong with having a diverse group, um, as far as like both students and um, and faculty. But I, from what I understand, there's more women in design, or at least is that right? It depends what you mean. Uh, just in the industry. Because I, I knew that that women outnumbered men at school, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't know. Like I, I feel like race and gender are kind of arbitrary to me, mm-hmm. and I know that's not completely reflected in um, at least how we perceive like people as far as the opportunities go mm-hmm. within the industry, which I, I've, I've I'm really 
what people like to do is throw stats and like um, in surveys and just mm -hmm. whatever. And I always have a problem with that because I, there's always I always end up having a question about it. It's like, sure. all right, this look, you can make the numbers say whatever you want. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, I think that's a, I think that's true, and I think I am someone who questions statistics as well, unless I've, I don't know, looked at it myself and done the calculation myself and decided what I think is meaningful about it. Um, so if there are more women in design than men, why aren't there more women faculty than male faculty in our program? Fair, but that's that's if that is reflective of like of the industry itself. I think that us having to see ourselves in the faculty is kind of weird because I mean I don't have no nobody in the faculty looks like me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've never I've never felt like I've projected myself in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that if if there's less women in the faculty when there's more women and students mm -hmm. that it would be a little bit discouraging seeing nothing but men not necessarily white men because from is that true in GD I'm just thinking like every the whole faculty is represented by like David Asari and Mark Fox to me so it's just like really and both of them are men so I guess I do see that in terms of so Gender. another thing that concerned me was mm. that women were not teaching GD, and yeah. women were not teaching any advanced studios. Women were teaching typography, women were teaching history, women were teaching thesis, women were teaching letterpress, but it felt like it wouldn't, it w students could be getting a message that like, it's the men who do the real stuff. That. I'd never actually noticed that. <laughs> and maybe I'm being paranoid, you know? No, I think, I think that that is fair as far as, like, if... It, if yeah, advanced studios are pretty much just, like, white dudes. Not that there's a problem with that. In I the think. spring, there will be an advanced studio that's being team-taught by two women, and it's the first advanced studio that a woman is teaching in at least, like, four years. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I see. These are just things that, like... I don't even notice, and I think it's really like crazy when people do notice them. I think your female classmates notice. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine, because that's not where I'm coming from. I'm not like looking uh, at it that way. Another thing that honestly concerned me when I started was I felt like there was this sort of golden child phenomenon going on in our program, where like a few students were getting a lot of attention, a lot of awards, a lot of recognition, and they were often white men. Uh, yeah. I think, as far as I'm concerned, the bigger problem is that, that there is that kind of, like you said, the golden child mm -hmm. thing going on, where that's, in, that's really, really true. And I think it's become less true, especially with this last batch mm -hmm. of students. Like, starting with the kids who are in thesis right now, I think um, there's, we're all on a much more equal playing field mm -hmm. socially, mm -hmm. especially within the, um, the program. And why do, why do you think that was? Like, what, what, what do you think there was a... Do you agree with me? Like, what? why was there that change? Or what made that change possible? I think it's too soon to tell. Yeah. I think... Because it is, like, one generation, yeah, pretty culture much. change takes years. Yeah. It's not something that happens in a semester or in a year or two. I, I hope we're moving in that direction. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. That's so interesting.
Well, I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm happy. I mean, I think it's great to question it and talk about it. And, yeah, no, I think... And I appreciate, you know, your point of view, and I'm open to changing mine. Right. I just want people to ask more questions. Sure. I mean, I just see, like... I just have this huge problem with, like, everyone just sharing, like, the same video on Facebook. They're like, look at this. This is terrible. And it's like, you watch this 15-second video, and it's all from the same source. It's like BuzzFeed or HuffPo or Salon or something like that. And they all have the exact same point of view on everything. And that's not necessarily true, especially, like, in terms of individual people within the company. Mm -hmm. It's just they know what people want to hear. And they're telling you what you want to hear, and they're... I honestly, I think in San Francisco, there's a lot of people who don't think very much about their point of view, and if you have a strong one, you can go really far. I think, it's just, we have this whole, like, oh, that kind of, that sounds about right, kind of mentality about everything. That's part of it, and there's also this, I think, mentality about, like, I'm cool with that, like, no matter what, like, oh, I'm cool with you, like, it's sort of like, you get to be ignorant about other people because you're cool with them. Like, I'm Jewish, and I'm not, like, super religious, but I observe certain holidays. Sure. And I feel like people here don't want to know about my holidays. They just want me to know that they're cool with it. Well, I don't think they want to know about any holidays, no, really. I know. It's just, like, it's the, uh, the Starbucks cup thing. We are a st- one giant Starbucks cup. One non-denominational... Starbucks Cup yeah. as a society, <laughs> especially in SF, yeah. especially uh, within this like 18 to 35 age range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I'm trying to do, what I'm interested in doing is changing that or at least challenging that mm-hmm. or making, at the very least, even if someone gets mad at me, which happens often, at least I got them to think. Mm-hmm. about something and I think that's like I said I don't know exactly what I want to do but that's the direction that I'm kind of being pulled in mm-hmm. um, and I hope more of my peers get pulled in mm-hmm. have you seen that <clears throat> post that was a f- I think Gosh, maybe a year ago. Design culture is a frozen shithole. No, but that sounds amazing. It's pretty Sounds like something I would read. Yeah. I think you should check it out. It's pretty powerful. And it sounds like it hits some of the sort of provocative notes that you're interested in. Yeah. I I just think there needs to be people who say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It it sounds really cheesy, but it's like, you know, you you watch these, like, fantasy movies, like, there can't be good without evil. And I think that's (laughs) so true. Like, you need your Donald Trumps. You need them. Otherwise, we're not going to question these things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's all nice and well for us to share these pictures of Trump and just be like, look at me, I'm one of the good guys. Huh, everybody? Mm-hmm. You're not, like... I was really critical of people not um, of doing that, that, that kind of sounds right mentality, but I also think that's a better step in a direction than the opposite direction where we um, are not open to things. Like you said, like the fact that they are cool with you observing Jewish holidays and not being interested in it, wouldn't you rather have that than them just not being cool with it? Probably. Exactly. So I think 
even though in a lot of ways we're we're not going far enough or we're going too far, which are the ones that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think socially we're pushing ourselves along. But I guess just to go back to that question, like I think mm-hmm. what I'm concerned about is like a lack of curiosity mm-hmm. um, and a sort of coldness masquerading as coolness. Okay, what, I, what I'm trying, what I'm getting out of this is exactly, I think, is what I was saying about the the, the Facebook Trump mm-hmm. things. It's where you don't take a real stance on it. You share this Trump post, or like you say, like, yeah, I'm cool with Jewish holidays, and you just take just enough of a step to where um, you can con- congratulate yourself and then move along. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I see that so much and that's what I mean when people don't I guess no you made your case <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> we're like yeah definitely we, we just kind of just go far enough to where like we're like that's whatever that um, this is more inclusive so it must be enough like for, okay there's like a Jewish sorry to like harp on this it's just I no, no 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 it's fine that's good there's a Jewish holiday called Yom Kippur which is uh, like a means the day of atonement when yeah. you think about people you've wronged in the past year okay and you apologize to them you also people fast on that day so you don't eat and i just remember like i'd be like oh like at my old job i'd be like oh i'm not coming to work tomorrow it's this jewish holiday and i'll be fasting and people would be like that's cool and i'd be like did you hear me did you hear <laughs> like what's happening it's not cool it sucks but okay you know just like yeah people don't think you know yeah, yeah. that's so yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. <laughs> I probably am too. I'm sure. Because I mean, yeah. you want to be cool with stuff. That's you know? the thing. It's like... is even though I say, I, I, <laughs> just because I question things doesn't mean I'm better than anyone. That's what. That's what. There's this weird kind of like you have to balance it towards like, yeah, I'm thinking better than you, but I'm not better than you. That's good. Like yeah. I'm just as terrible as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good place end it. Happy doc. Um, I just think, is there anything you want to plug actually? Any events? Your website? Websites? Anything you like? No? CCA Graphic Design, baby. You're the best. We're, we're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, well that's it. That's it. Um, ten episodes. And, I don't know. I feel like I should say something at this point. But again, I'm really bad at talking and emotions and uh, being reflective and mm, this right now. Anyway, uh, I guess I should just thank everyone. Uh, thank you, Mark, John, Antoinette, Logan, Jasmine. Uh, people, Those are the people I'm pretty much most involved with Secret Project right now. And everyone who participated in our blitzes. Uh, who came in, and everyone who was on the podcast, you guys are awesome for helping me out, my dumb little idea, um, and everyone who listened to the podcast, uh, because (laughs) I know most people don't listen to podcasts like I do, just like constantly while I'm working and while I'm doing anything really, but, um, yeah, I know, you guys, like, everyone has been pretty weirdly supportive, which I didn't expect. Uh, which is really cool, 
And as far as podcasting in the future, that'd be nice. I need to find a different RSS besides SoundCloud. Too expensive. Unless someone wants to sponsor me. You know, that'd be nice. Um, and also, I didn't plan this. Wow. I feel like since it's the last episode, I need to say something like crazy or like super emotional or like, I don't know, like declarative. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I could just like, yeah, totally. Um, this is the idea with this podcast is just trying to get people to talk about things that like, I don't know, man, we think everyone I know thinks something that's not, you know, the established canon, like it's against it. And, um, everyone's more of a rebel than, you know, they let off. Definitely. That's something that I've learned the past few years. Um, and I think that we should just like speak up, you know, if we're thinking something differently or, you know, we're scared we might hurt someone's feelings, but, you know, if there's something that art school taught me is that, like, you need someone to say something negative about what you're doing, uh, sometimes you need to feel shame, not necessarily all the time, but, but I don't know, you're never going to learn unless, you know, someone tells you that you're doing something wrong, I mean, we're not, we can't just be coddled all the time, we need to, um, I mean, that's what kind of makes you better, um, makes you more humble, it makes you more, um, aware, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the message I wanted to give across, uh, with this podcast, um, but yeah, thank you, so, uh, let me read the copy now, so yeah, soundcloud.com slash secret project podcast, uh, facebook.com slash cca secret project Secret Podcast. I'm still bad at saying that. Um, whatever. Uh, Secret Project Podcast at gmail.com. Um, at Kevin is Magic is me on Twitter. I'm hilarious. So good. Mm, also, yeah, we're on iTunes. Um, I think w- when I post this one up, the first episode's gonna be gone just because, like, I, I can't afford to pay for the fucking. the really uh, unlimited version of. SoundCloud, it's ridiculous, but, um, so sorry, gigged, um, but more more people listen to that podcast than anyone else, so I think it's okay to make room, um, and also, like, I I have that episode in a file if anybody wants it, um, but I doubt it, because I feel like anyone who's listened to the podcast has listened to that one already, um, and so, yeah, Secret Project in general is ccasecretproject.org, facebook.com slash cca secret project and on twitter at cca underscore sp all caps um thank you i feel like i should do a song at the end of this one too yeah stephen colbert did it i'm not gonna do a new trumbuck hotel though Mm. okay bye